You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanless as always, Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, packer underscore, packer underscore daddy. It's not it, but you'll find it, or not, it doesn't matter. So we're doing the second micro podcast of the day. It was supposed to be just sticking with the schedule going on to the next team, but uh, we got a little bit of breaking news going on here. So OTAs have officially kicked off. Team is all there. They're getting their, uh, getting their work in and whatnot. And apparently Josh Jones didn't show up. He's down in, well, down here, I guess. What up, Josh? Josh Jones, if you're within the sound of my voice, man, we should do an interview. Are you at SeaWorld right now? He could be. Be quiet. You don't know. He's got to take a break from push-ups sometimes. But anyways, apparently he's not showing up because he has officially asked Brian Gutekunst to be traded or cut by the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of crazy because this doesn't usually happen. I guess it probably doesn't usually happen anyways, but you hear it all the time in the NFL. It just isn't usually the Packers that it happens to. But i got to be honest, my, my first instinct when I heard this was, that makes sense. I've been talking about Josh Jones for a long time, especially the part where I said it really was very strange that Josh Jones didn't get started over Kentrell Bryce. I, I didn't think that made a lot of sense as much as I didn't think Josh Jones lived up to expectations. It was weird because Kentrell Bryce was not, I don't think he was as good. I mean, maybe you just call him a different kind of safety, whatever. Either way, it's weird. And as much as I appreciate not looking at it and saying, well, he's a second-round pick, we have to play him. It just felt like, and again, I've been saying this for a while, it felt like Mike Pettin just wasn't a big fan of Josh Jones. Whether it's his, his play style, his effort, his, his skill level, I don't know. But not putting him out there felt very, very weird. You, you, I, you know, second-round pick, man. <laughs> and it's his second year. Put him out there. Let's see what he can do. But, um, yeah, it, it just seems like, and, and it, it, you know, Usually you get mad at players for doing this stuff, but again, it just kind of makes sense. Now, it's not a great situation for Josh Jones or the Packers, because I don't think either one is going to be making out like gangbusters here. But at least in Josh Jones' case, maybe, but probably not, but maybe, he could end up starting somewhere. And I think for him, he's already on a team that doesn't seem to want to uh, embrace him. And then we go out and get Amos, and we go out and get Savage, and if, if this guy can't get on the field with HaHa and Bryce. Even as a number three at times, he struggled to get on the field. Now we go out and get Amos and Savage, and it's like, you know what? This just obviously is not going to work. I mean, there are entire position groups that didn't get touched in the offseason. We went out and upgraded twice. We traded up. We paid a, a first round and two fourth round picks to go out and get Savage, and we paid Buku Bucks to Adrian Amos to come be our safety. If Josh Jones has aspirations of being a starting safety in the NFL, it's not going to happen in Green Bay. And again, I just don't really think that Petten likes him all that much. Not talking about as a person. I don't think he cares. Just for whatever reason, it just, he's not into it. So it is what it is, and at this point, I don't see uh, the two sides coming together. I mean, it's you're not going to do something like this and then just say, oh, never mind, I'll come play. And then the team is like, oh, sure, that's fine. Right? I mean, this is... <laughs> If we see what Brian Gutekunst has done over the last year, he's not afraid to say, okay, bye. Right? You were told not to take it out of the end zone. You did. Bye. You're not going to play by the rules. Goodbye. You're not going to do things our way. Goodbye. Josh Jones was a Ted Thompson draft pick. 
He's staying in Florida, doesn't want any part of the team. I don't think Brian Gutekunst is going to have any problem saying goodbye. The only problem is Gutekunst loses a lot of leverage at this point because teams know he has to move him. If Josh Jones had done this a little more quietly, and maybe there were conversations prior, I don't really know, but maybe the Packers could have got a little bit more. But, you know, Josh Jones doesn't really care what the Packers get. He wants out and he wants to make sure to force their hand, and that's what he's done right now. The only way the Packers get really anything is if, and, and, and look, once you start calling, it's kind of the same situation anyways. Teams then understand that you want to move them, so it's maybe not all that different. But the only way this gets ramped up is if he can create a bit of a market. If it's just one team, we're getting nothing for him. I mean, you know, a, a conditional pick, you know, a late-round pick, a seventh-round, a sixth-round, I don't know, but it's, it's not going to be a lot. If there's any kind of a market, and look, you know, I'll, I'll run through a little bit of Josh Jones. We'll do some background to see what we can do to sell the guy. But he was taken in the second round for a reason. I think he did get better in his second year, despite not even being given an opportunity to try to play and, and practice and learn and in a new defensive scheme. It is not impossible by any stretch of the imagination that he becomes a good pro. Um, you know, maybe he's going to be relegated to being a third, um, you know, sort of a, as I say, but got scolded for nickel safety. And for the record, I don't think nickel safety is an official term, but it's it's a term that makes sense. Nickel is the defensive formation. It means you have an extra defensive back on the field. When I specifically talk about a safety, who's the extra defensive back, you think? Or if you say dime safety, I don't know if that's actually a thing, but dime is the defensive formation that you're in. It's two extra defensive backs. If I'm calling you a dime safety, it's because you are one of the extra defensive backs who is in as a linebacker. I suppose technically you could be an extra defensive back playing nickel but you know context is important here you know what i'm saying but that that's what i mean when i say that he's he's an extra safety he's going to be the the guy that comes in as the third safety on the field to be either a linebacker to be a slot corner to be whatever and so um you know it's kind of unfortunate again i I think it makes sense um and i I don't think he's going to get a ton of playing time but i i was i was really looking forward to you know seeing what he could do because the fact of the matter is we're probably going to get more out of him being on the field than than trading him I saw Aaron Nagler had sent out a tweet, something to the effect, if we can get something for Ty Montgomery, we could get something for um, Josh Jones. I suppose that's true. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, and, and look, the, if the Packers wanted to cut or trade him, they would have by now. But I think they agree with me in the, in the sense that he's probably not going to pan out, but he's got all the skills that you could ever want or need, and to be able to use him as a versatile piece and, and, and as a guy that has the ability to possibly get better and be a, a solid safety in a, a, a great trio of safeties now. This could be a real good group, but now we're going to miss out on that. Um, so it is what it is. It, 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 either way, it's going to be a loss for the Packers. The only way I could see this being a win is if it's a player trade. Um, I saw Andy Herman that talked about a guy like Ethan Posick, who's one of those guys that I mentioned that is an early round interior lineman that hasn't panned out just like all the rest. Right, you could you could say Dan Feeney, I just talked about in the podcast earlier today, was another one. You could talk about Forrest Lamp, who's another, you know, from two years ago. Or I guess three, if we're counting 2019 already. That that might be the best case scenario, just because I, I don't really put any value in sixth round picks, and I don't think we get any better than a If we get a fifth, that's awesome. I know it seems silly to, to split hairs there, but I, I kind of feel like there's a line. Not that it's impossible to get, you know, if we're talking running backs, yeah, maybe we can get a sixth round pick. But uh, hitting on, on later than a fifth is pretty tough, and I just don't know that it's worth it. Now, I, personally, I'd rather roll the dice on, uh, you know, get another second-round pick that hasn't panned out for two years. Because as I've talked about, even when I went back in that last podcast and talked about uh, certain players that are great 
right now that that didn't pan out for two three years you know it was in their fourth year or whatever that they finally figured it out and now are one of the top guys out there so i would much rather take a swing on on a high upside guy that just hasn't produced it over the last two years and i hope that's what we're able to do now we're probably not going to get feeney or lamp because i don't think the chargers want him because they already have derwin james another option maybe is to go the exact opposite route rather than going high upside guy that hasn't produced maybe possibly talk to a team that's trying to unload somebody that's just you know he's producing but they don't want to have to pay for him you know we'll take him off your hands we'll give you the compensation of this guy I'm, I'm thinking of a guy like Gerald McCoy for example I know he's already hit the market but obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trying to unload him for a long time and nobody would bite this would have been in a situation where you know we would have to take on the contract it would be pretty massive and all that but maybe we could use him as a little bit of a, a piece of compensation to be able to get a veteran that, you know, because you know those guys are out there. You got new regimes coming in. You, you know, you hear about the Jets wanting to maybe get rid of some of the guys that they just got because the head coach slash new GM doesn't really like them anyways. Some of these guys that just aren't aren't really fitting, and you don't want to just outright cut them, but you also don't really want to pay them anymore. Maybe this is just a little bit of compensation that you can bring back to your owner just to say, I, I didn't just cut him. I got something for him, and always going to be great. Whether you believe that or not, it doesn't really matter. But anyways, I'm going to drop in a break here and then maybe explore a couple different player trade options. They're just completely hypothetical, random things, but just something to kind of think about. And I'll try to dig up as many as I can find, and we'll call it. So we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so the first thing that comes to mind for me, honestly, and, and I don't know as far as compensation, if this is going to be seen as a, you know, we, we may have to give up more is the point, but this would be a situation of possibly turning something negative into a positive, right? Even if we have to cough up more than Josh Jones, fine, take Josh Jones and some. But the San Francisco 49ers have got a couple problems. Number one, their safeties are bad. Number two, their linebackers are bad. And number three, they have too many defensive linemen. They have drafted three interior offense, well, three defensive linemen, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, and DeForest Buckner. Then they went out and got D. Ford. Then they drafted Nick Bosa. Buckner's been pretty solid. Eric Armstead has shown a little bit of something. Solomon Thomas has shown nothing. He's one of those guys that's been in the in the league two years, just like uh, our guy, Josh Jones. He was drafted number three overall, and to date, according to PFF grades, has done nothing about anything. He has amassed four sacks in two years. He plays, you know, on the outside as well as the inside, but primarily he's been on the outside and has gotten four sacks in two years. He's got an 8% pressure rate and all around just hasn't done much for the team. Now, do we need more guys up front? Probably not. 
But if we're sticking with the Eagles, Jaguars, and a, presumably Mike Pettin strategy, here's a guy that fits the mold perfectly. He's six foot two, 280 pounds. He's an outside-inside guy. Obviously, being a third overall pick, you would expect his measurables to be pretty solid outside of that, and they are pretty good. 46940. His broad was 126 inches. Right, just just across the board, it, it was pretty solid. So again, he's a guy that's got the tools that hasn't put it together. And am I willing to bet on a third overall pick, considering my hand is being forced to trade Josh Jones? Even if I had to give up compensation, would I give up Josh Jones and a sixth? Probably, yeah. And I, I have no idea what it would cost. But I think the 49ers are in a situation where they've got a bunch of guys that they don't like. Solomon Thomas being the top of that list. They've already replaced him. They've got five first-round draft picks on their four-man front. They're going to try everything they can to get rid of Solomon Thomas. Now, I'm sure they're not going to want to do it for free because they invested a lot in him, and it's still early and all the, you know, the whole Josh Jones thing. But the bottom line is, again, they've already replaced him. So even if he pans out, what, what do you get? A guy that sits on the bench a little less... So it, it would be a benefit to the 49ers to be able to get some kind of compensation for Solomon Thomas, to be able to get a guy like Josh Jones who's going to be able to come in and start, because again, they don't have very good players um, at safety or linebacker. I know they paid a ridiculous amount of money for Quan Alexander, but that just goes to show how dumb they are. Quan Alexander isn't even a good linebacker. 49ers, by the way, I think are going to be a really bad team, because everything they do just seems dumb to me. I don't get that team. I don't think they run very well. And I do hope Brian Gutekunst can t- kind of take advantage of them to be able to pull a guy like Solomon Thomas off their team. Not that I necessarily expect him to be great, but again, our hand is being forced. Let's try to make the best of it. Another option that I'm not super thrilled with, but I'm just throwing it out there, Zay Jones. There's been talk about him already in the past. I'm not sure. I know wide receiver is something I'd be willing to add. I just don't know if Zay Jones is the right add. But a second-round wide receiver who hasn't quite met the expectations... I mean, one of the other cool things, too, about this is, let's say that were to happen, one of the first things that would come to my mind is the fact that, you know, again, Brian Gutekunst wasn't the GM at this time. If he makes that trade, it's very possible that this is a situation where he liked Zay Jones more than he liked Josh Jones, and this is just kind of a do-over for him. I'm going to get the guy that I like. Now, it's kind of a bold move, because <laughs> you're, you're saying this was my guy, even though you're, you're latching yourself onto a guy who's been pretty bad for two years. But, you know, we're pulling him from the Buffalo Bills, not as good of an offense, not as good of an offensive coordinator, not as good of a, you know, head coach, quarterback, any of that situation. You want to help develop and build a second-round wide receiver into something special, just bring him to Green Bay. Now, would the Buffalo Bills, first of all, want to get rid of him? I had heard about that a long time ago. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. They don't have a lot of options at wide receiver. Number two, do they have any interest whatsoever in Josh Jones? Probably not. I don't know. Um, I already mentioned Forrest Lamp. He was taking one pick later. I don't think it would be a horrible get for us. But again, the issue is, do they want uh, Josh Jones? Now, it's not impossible. Because again, they, they've got Adderley and they've got Derwin. Josh Jones would just be number three. The, the biggest problem is that Derwin and Josh play a similar role. And while Derwin is doing Derwin stuff in the box, Josh Jones, I don't know if they want him playing deep. But if they think he has some potential there, then that would be a great fit. And yeah, again, we've got Feeney and Lamp to, to pick from. Probably Lamp, because that guy can't even get on the field. Another option that's in the exact same mold is Curtis Samuel with the Carolina Panthers. Again, they don't have a lot of great options at wide receiver, so it's hard to part with him, even though he's not that great. But exact same rationale, second-round wide receiver. Maybe Brian Gutekunst likes him, feels like he can have more success here, feels like maybe he's on the verge of a breakout, I don't know. But then Carolina, I think, would have more of a desire for Josh Jones 
just given their defensive situation, you know, strong safety isn't all that great. Linebackers, obviously, they have Luke Keekley, but not a huge amount of health. I think it would be great, but again, because their lack of depth, I don't see Carolina necessarily doing it, but it would be an option. I think I'm going to drop one more, and then I'm going to call it, but this is something I'd be kind of interested in. I'm guessing Josh Jones would be almost exclusively a linebacker in this defense, but it would be a trade for the um, with the uh, Eagles, and it would be for cornerback Sidney Jones. Now, I've, I've mentioned him before. Sidney Jones came out in a class that was supposed to be one of the better cornerback classes. It was, you know, the Kevin King class, obviously. We got two terrible DBs in this really good... I shouldn't say that. I, that I'll take it back. We got two guys that haven't panned out as DBs in a great corner class. But one of the guys that was seen as maybe the best, he wasn't my favorite, but a lot of people said was the best, was Sidney Jones. He ended up missing the entire first year because of an injury. But the thought process I had was this is a great pick by the Eagles because they were going to be fine anyways, and I believe that was a year, I don't know, doesn't matter. They did fine without him, and then, then you figure, okay, they're just going to come back and dominate. I actually think that was the year they won the Super Bowl, but they're going to come back and they got Sidney Jones. This is just an unfair situation. Well, in two years, he's done absolutely diddly squat. He's been worse than Josh Jones in those two years. Now, it's possible the Eagles are saying, well, we're going to wait and see what happens, but They've got Razul Douglas, Craven LeBlanc, uh, Ronald Darby, Avanti Maddox, uh, Jalen Mill. They've got a lot of guys. Um, they don't really need Sidney Jones. So if they think this just isn't going to happen, I mean, former teammate of Kevin King, right? I mean, Washington, same draft year, drafted very similar times. I mean, Sidney Jones was supposed to go way before Kevin King, but the injury pushed him back into the second round, which is crazy that he's going to be out the whole year and got drafted mid-second round just goes to show how good he's supposed to be now it's you know again it's high risk but we're talking about elite cornerback potential I know a lot of you don't necessarily agree with our cornerback situation but I would like to be able to add somebody with that kind of an upside even though he's had two terrible years maybe he's just going to be a complete bust maybe the injury's been an issue I don't know but that would be something to think about but anyways I'm going to cut her right there uh family's about to head out to SeaWorld I'm going to go look at whales and stuff as I slowly inch toward the roller coasters. Oh, what's this over here? Hmm. Maybe you want to, like, go in that cool gift shop for, like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour while I go meander that way for a minute. I'll figure it out. Anyways, guys, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.